The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. I'm Cody. I'll be one of your co-hosts today. And I'm Lenora. I'm your other co-host for today. So TWIC stands for This Week in Child Free, and we uh, talk about really any recent articles or events happening in the child-free community or things talking about the child-free community. So if you'd like to submit something uh, for us to talk about in a future episode, feel free to do so at childfreemedia at gmail.com. Just put T-W-I-C, TWIC, in the subject line so we'll see that jump out at us. And before we start, a quick shout out to StreamYard for providing this streaming platform for us to utilize. And so with that said, this, this is live. So uh, people have the opportunity to engage, ask questions, add comments, and we highly encourage that audience involvement. So feel free to do that. And if you're watching or listening to this in the future, um, I hope the future is going well, uh, <laughs> but this will be archived and you can still join us in the comments wherever comments are made available. So with no further ado. The future has to be well. Like the, we we need hope, right? <laughs> All right. What have we got? All right. Today? So, um, as usual, I just kind of scour the internet for topics and stories that are child free esque related. I don't really read them, so we kind of read them blind and react blind while we're doing this. So, if if we're making odd pauses, it's because we're trying to read or look ahead to see what the heck the article might be talking about. Um, so, you're getting raw reactions and. That can always be interesting. So with no further ado, uh, this came from insider.com. The title is, I don't have children of my own, but I show up for my friends with kids when they need an extra hand. So That's I thought nice that might be interesting. Um, kind of you know, break the stereotype that society seems to think about child-free people that we just don't care about others. So it starts out, uh, I'm childless by choice. Uh, and I'm well aware of how hard motherhood can be just hanging out with my friends who've had kids in recent years. I've noticed how they're always in go mode and uh, she witnesses them constantly thinking of what needs to be done and who needs a doctor appointment, upcoming events, blah, da, 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 da. Um, she's heard women in her life lamenting losing close friendships after they become moms and she doesn't want any of her friends to feel that way about their relationship. So the first heading here is, my friends are still the same fun people I used to hang out with before the kids. Lenore, any thoughts off the, ah, the hip here? I'm already suspicious of this article, but um, <laughs> I, it depends on how long they've been parents. I Okay, well, I'll, I'll try and reserve what lack of what judgment I have left. You reserve it because I need some more information. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Uh, it, it was a hard transition for this person going from spontaneously doing everything under the sun with uh, their best friends to having to schedule meetups because, as mothers, their priorities and interests have changed. Um, and and you know, the priorities as parents, I you know, I would agree that they probably should, and, and interests are going to change and evolve with that as well. Um, let's see. So one instance is normally an hour into Sunday brunch. Uh, she's had a few mimosas and tequila shots deep. Wow. 
in the Sunday brunch. All right. Uh, asking for the dessert menu. Uh, but a few weeks back, brunch looked very different for her. She was dining with one of her best friends uh, at a waterfront restaurant with her one-year-old in tow. When the food came, I watched her try to feed herself and a very determined toddler that had more interest in uh, walking than eating. She was doing the shuffle of switching him from her lap to the high chair and back again. And though she did not appear visibly frustrated, it was obvious that she wanted to enjoy her meal. And I think okay. we all kind of witnessed that with parents and, and their kids. It, like we're kind of sitting back with our yeah. mosas and whatnot and saying, oh. <laughs> so I have some more information now. And now I okay. can uh, view my thoughts. She's only one year into this transition with the friend. There's a long With this ahead. friend. With this friend. it might but She true, might have multiple. True. Who knows? Yeah, but this is but it sounds like she's got I mean, they're they're at the early stages of parenthood. It sounds like with her friends. I mean, it could prove me wrong later, but there's a long way to go. So it's it's the blanket statement of not, you know, it, they're still the fun people that they knew. Give it like 10 years. Well, like, I guess, <laughs> when there's I a guess lot more us, activity on the child's end. Yeah, right? and, and, and I say and, that as someone whose friends or whose kids whose friends kids are teenagers now. And you're like, yeah, you, you, there's, <laughs> it gets really busy. <laughs> and I would imagine that they're different now having teenagers than they were back dealing with a one or two year old oh, yeah. as well. Because so. you could still, you could still have, I found you could still have conversations, even, even when there was a lot of activity, you know, and there's, you know, especially if they're nursing still and stuff like that, there's a lot of activity. But even as the kids get older, I thought I would see my friends with kids more, but they get busier because it's kids have to be taxied everywhere and they've got all these events and you know then they have friends it's just it and then they get more into a routine with other parents is what uh -huh. i really learned uh -huh. so do you think so. child-free people may kind of be shuffled out of the rotation and like I, more parent bonds yeah. made with yeah. kids not parents and, yeah generally yes yeah even with okay. best intentions and, and that's that's not like a hundred percent guaranteed or anything but as they get older, because you've had the, the I've seen that they the parents have more time to develop relationships with different parenting groups, especially as the kids start school. Because, mm -hmm. again, you think, well, the kids are in school now. There's lots of free time. My fr friends thought that as well. But then it turns out they were trying to get the house clean. Then they have to go pick up kid X, Y and Z from two different schools and then show for them to whatever they needed to do. And then weekends were busy, of course, because the kids develop a social life of their own. But then the parents tend to cater to that. And that's mm -hmm. a stay-at-home mom, a couple stay-at-home moms. So yeah. really, the, the early stage was easier. I saw more of my friends when their kids were little and around than school age. Yeah. So, so and, and again, they have more time to develop when they realize, oh, it's easy to have friends who have kids because then the kids can play together and we can be inside or whatever the case is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if any parents stumble across this, what we're talking about right now, um, chime in, like, uh, let us know. Did, did you have child-free friends that, yeah. um, kind of shuffled out of the mix or just kind of stopped engaging with you altogether because of, um, you know, the responsibilities of, of everything that comes along with, um, having children and, and unless, your social life changing and all that. Unless stuff. you're like my brother where he had his kids at 19 <laughs> and now his friends at 30 something are starting to have their first and his kids are like, he, they, they don't need him. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, where he's like, I need child free friends now because I don't want to hang out with parents with new kids, <laughs> young kids. 
So I, you know, I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule, but yeah, yeah. It, so do you, uh, I, do you I, not have friends that have kids? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do. Yeah, do you, yeah. All right. So I, I mean, the the majority of like all who I would call like my best friends from college, like they almost all have kids, and so right. do you see them? Um, not as much as I would like to, but that's okay. I think more of a distance issue oh, okay. than social Got it. constraints. Um, so I think we're getting into the meat of this uh, article here. So mm -hmm. this person says, after a few minutes, I extended my arms toward her and said, I'll take him. You eat your food, basically. Uh, the baby and I left the dining area for about 20 minutes. Uh, taking a walk alongside the building, he played with our shadows, climbed steps. We sang a few nursery rhymes as we sat in the sun, and he had a great time. Just to pause there, well, that seems strange. I mean, I guess you could have held the baby and, and conversed with her friend and tried to entertain. Like, you don't have to leave the restaurant. Now, now her friend's eating by herself. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, okay. Well, well she – it's like – mothers need time to themselves because okay one time i i remember this distinctly i think this was one of the last time one of the last times i went over to my best friend from high school's house her um her youngest was still not able to speak english because they're from russia so she would have been four or something and we were her the, the youngest and i were playing on the carpet in the living room and then my friend says to me can you just watch her? I'm going to go shower. And then she tells me later, she's like, I never get a chance just to go shower. And I was like, okay. You know? So it's like, you realize, and especially when you don't have kids, and we know this, that, you know, babies are clingy, little kids mm -hmm. are clingy. But I saw, like, she never gets to do anything by herself. So <laughs> any chance you get. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. This, I mean, th this is a nice friend where she's willing you're to, you know, um, entertain the child so the mother has a chance to eat to you know for 15 minutes alone because that's a real thing yeah yeah and a big reason why a lot of us realize we don't want to have that experience yeah. you know so she goes on to say i could have been irritated about my own food getting cold um or thought this is why i don't have kids in quotation marks Instead, it was more important uh, to me to inconvenience, in quotes, myself so that a dear friend would not only feel supported, but know that her child was always welcome to come along. So just being supportive, I get it. Okay. Uh, next heading is I'm there for my friends and their kids. Basically said that before, but okay. Um, let's see. There are many times when I would rather not be around kids, but showing up for people I care about is far more important, even as a childless friend, I understand how crucial support is to both novice and veteran parents. And I think that the, the key word that all child-free people are ding, ding, dinging into is the word childless. So Yeah, I know. That's um, what's going off in my brain right now. Uh, yeah, so, you know, this person it may have wanted kids or may be no, trying no, to have kids. No, you say childless by choice. I think, is this a you? Where is this located? Uh, insider dot com i don't know did I, she say childless by choice i think she, she might I have she did you know what okay. and it also makes me scroll back up. yeah if, childless by choice so i wonder if the okay. editor of these articles made them made this person use Changed childless it. because yeah we know that child free gets people up in arms especially in mainstream media uh -huh. so maybe they had to go with childless because it was yeah. more digestible which we need to start writing letters yeah. <laughs> to we, the editor I, I have heard of that happening before where someone says, well, that's not what I said. They changed like right. the verbiage of right. the, you know, to fit the narrative. As long as it's not in quotes, I guess um, they have 
the ability mm-hmm. to do that. Um, let's see if there's anything here before. Oh, that's kind of the end of it. Because um, I can basically hear listeners screaming at us right now. I know, like, I know. Well, child. Yeah, uh, so it, it just kind of wraps up. Uh, on a recent girls trip, I mapped out all the breastfeeding stations and an airport for a friend. Also flew to Cleveland to babysit because the daycare my friend sent her uh, kid to was closed for a week due to COVID outbreaks. Um, she she last sentence is I'm that friend who won't ever let friendship change because a friend became a mom. Okay, look, this is very noble. This is very noble. I I commend you, writer of said article. <laughs> but also, okay, so she didn't mention any other friends. So I'm just gonna base this off of Ronnie Ro- Ronnie May friend with. A one-year-old give it time it's not because it's not not because we um we want things to change but things are going to change i think that that is uh and that's a lesson that everyone kind of has to learn it's something that i had to learn you know with friends and family who i was close was close to and then they had kids but it is going to change and you know, we, it's like with anything, you know, we like our, th- we like our stuff a certain way, friends included, but look, when someone gets married, when someone goes to school, when someone moves away, when someone has a child, things change, friendships change, they evolve. And sometimes they just naturally, you naturally go your separate ways. Sometimes not. I think uh-huh. I, I would hope, like, I, I, I want to believe that this person has the best intentions, but it really does sound like she's bending over backwards in a big way to 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 keep this friendship intact and quite honestly she's gonna have to do a hell of a lot more as that kid gets older and so i just fear that if she's doing this out of desperation to keep the friendship and this is just my own opinion there's no i have no supporting scientific data on this but just from personal experience like that's all she's doing a lot right now Mm -hmm. in that first year it's gonna get more tough because you have to remember the parents generally speaking are gonna choose their children first over your friendship and so i don't know how many friends she has but you have you it's it's wise to consider becoming independent from your friends learning to do things like in this case like she sounds really Oh, I hate to say it, but clingy. <laughs> like, like I get it. I get it. You want it. You want to preserve a friendship, especially if it's a really good friendship. I totally get that. But there is also the real, realistic aspect of it. That the, the things are are going to change, no matter how hard mm. you try to keep them the same. Yeah. It, and well, and so you just enjoy it, and then just also know that things are going to change. Mm-hmm. And unless you're moving in and offering to be a nanny. I, I'm getting warning signals from this article, person. <laughs> warning bells have gone off. Well, I mean, it just as in life in general, I think there's like periods of like four to five years. Like you're you're gonna go through life changes every four to five years, basically. It, it right. is what what I've experienced. And so your your kind of your pod of friends is also gonna change and adjust on what's going on in your life. It could be moving to a new city or, or getting a different job somewhere, more responsibility with the job, less responsibility with the job. I don't know, whatever you're doing. Um, but your social structure is going to change for yourself. This person, it sounds like she does happen to have free time and she wants to maintain that relationship with her friends. Mm-hmm. And so she currently has that ability. Now, a year from now, things might be different. She might right. you know, be in a different uh, area. The, the, her friends might move away completely. Um, you never know. Like you, you can be best friends with your neighbor, um, 
for five, 10 years and you're building your social structure around that and then they move across the country. And so, mm-hmm. you know, might change things a little bit. So, um, yeah. So anyway, next article, here we go. Uh, this is from WNG.org. The big heading at the top is world. I don't know what this is, but it starts out with the heading, a childless future in Japan, question mark. Low fertility is a click crisis. Bait, click bait, click bait. <laughs> Low fertility is a crisis, but government funding won't solve a problem of misplaced priorities. Ooh. I can see Ooh. where this is going, <laughs> Brad Little oh, John. <laughs> we got a fight going on here. All okay. right. Well, I mean, let, let's go into it with an <laughs> open mind here. So there's a picture of uh, just some elder people hanging out. Um, Wait. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Full access. Never mind. Uh, let's see. So again, I haven't really read any of this. Uh, I see a lot of numbers and stats. So I'll try to jump in here now. Uh, it says for decades now, Japan has been the global poster child of a graying society. Its fertility rate fell below the replacement level of 2.1 children per woman nearly a half a century ago in 1974 and has never recovered. Today, it stands at 1.3. And the country has more citizens over the age of 65 than under 25, the only such nation in the world. The country's population has begun shrinking in recent years and is on track to fall by 60% by the end of the century. No wonder the prime minister warned the country could, uh, the country, quote, simply cannot wait any longer, end quote, and must implement policies to encourage more childbearing right away. End of that paragraph. Thoughts, Lenora. (laughs) All right. Oh, look. I I mean, really, this this shows us what what is our purpose here. Okay, people are going to yell at me now. What is our purpose here on Earth? It's just just to repopulate the planet. There's there's no meaning to life other than that. Apparently, according to this. So, uh, I'm going to offend people either way. Like it's just. Uh, again, like I'm, I'm not an antinatalist, but when I read that, and and I and I get it from from an analytical, economic point of view. Okay, they need people to repopulate to take care of blah blah. blah. Okay, I get that, but it takes away to me that just takes away humanity, which is sounds funny to say, but it's like what does it say? Must implement policies to encourage to encourage more childbearing right away. There's no there there's no thought that this is not the way. A lot of people want to go. So you're just going to guilt more people into having kids, which is exactly what pronatalism does. And and what for? Just to repopulate. That's it. And maybe that's what humanity was for. And if we were just a big experiment that got out of hand and now we have our own way, like thinking and we can make decisions for ourselves <laughs> in some places. But is this, to me, like, does this not strike you as like, there's no, there's no, um, thought for an individual's feelings in this article well it's it's definitely groupthink because the way that it's laying it out it's like you know basically um the japanese culture won't exist like you know in the in the uh not too distant future um the the key word that i grab onto here is policies what policies yes is the prime minister wanting to implement to uh encourage more childbearing right away (laughs) <laughs> and just stepping back from this, I mean, there's a reason that 
it's happening in Japan and in other places. You know, mm. the U.S. I believe is is one of them as well, where it's kind of declining. Um, there's a reason for that, and maybe these policymakers should look at the current situation of their country and say, you know, why is this happening? Are people working longer hours and you know not able to support you know uh, uh, their lifestyle on a single income? They or if they are right. on a single income, they can't buy the house. They can't. Um, you know, enjoy parts of life that they want to enjoy. They're basically just a cog in the machine. So um, if that's the case, it's like, well, that sounds like the policy you need to be working on is the work-life structure. And then the other things will build off of that. But right. it's, you know, the hustle and grind culture that we're all told we should um, take part in and mm -hmm. utilize. So let's see what, a lot of words here. I'm going to see if I can scan it. Lenore, help me if you can. Um Let's see. Okay, what is this chicken little this hysteria? Policy. This chicken little hysteria. Um, with too many put, humans putting too much pressure on the planet, many progressives welcomed the coming population decline. However, as many other developing countries have joined, joined Japan on the path to national extinction, the dangers of a childless society are becoming harder and harder to ignore. So harsh, harsh words. We're going wow. into extinction. Wow. I mean, okay. first off, not everyone is just going to stop having kids. And so, right. Uh, you know, uh, some people might say, hey, an obvious answer here is immigration. You bring in, like, allow people to immigrate into your country to bluster back up your workforce because that's one of the, the keystones that we're always hitting the head with is sure. it's like, well, if we don't have enough people working, they can't support the older class with the social structures in place. And they say that in the very next sentence, really the most obvious are the social and economic burdens of a smaller and smaller share of working age adults supporting, supporting a growing population of elderly retirees. Well, does this bring in more immigrants to work in your country? But, like, but again, <laughs> there's, that seems like an easy solution, but there's other factors like do do countries want that? Oh, of course. Do, no, do they, you know, yeah, I'm I just, mean, I'm just saying it like face value. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's definitely one where, um, you know, if, if there's you know, concern of maintaining the nationalism of a country or whatever. Um, so again, but they're they're asking for band aid babies because if they had, mm -hmm. if if people were allowed to discuss the child free choice thousands of years ago. Well, we probably wouldn't be here and we wouldn't have to have these discussions. <laughs> so now it's just Band-Aid babies to keep repopulating to fix a previous problem. Um, they, they put a big quote here, so I want to read okay. what this says. So it says, few pause to consider that the real issue is a society in which women are told that career rather than motherhood is their only path to personal fulfillment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? We're um, still look. We're still being told in North America that motherhood is the only path to to, to personal fulfillment. Well, you, well I, the the narrative that we hear, is, the stereotype is, you're not fulfilled unless you're a mother. Right. Period. So, that's so it. Like, stop the press. Like, that's it. That's all there is. So, I mean, again, you can kind of see the verbiage <laughs> and the angle of this article, but wow. I still want to know what policies they're wanting to put in place. Um, sorry, so I, again, I don't pre-read these. It's just. Um, see, so progressive argue that if Japan, if Japanese women don't want to have children, perhaps foreign women will. And the solution is simply to open the doors wide to immigration. Oh, there we go. Um, it's a suggestion also frequently offered as a solution to America's declining birth rate. However, 
This is at best a short-term fix as birth rates are plunging worldwide and data suggests that more fertile immigrants quickly reduce their childbearing habits to resemble those of the host society. Uh, yes and no. I think the actual study is the the more educated an individual is, the less likely they are to have uh, many, many children. They right. they might have two or three or four or whatever, but they're not going to have 10. Right. So, um, wow. Okay. All right. It's really, so it's really interesting finding out how people view this in different parts of the world. Ooh, they say pronatalists. So let's see what oh. this is. Um, <laughs> many pronatalist policies reinforce this mindset, uh, reassuring women that they can minimize the impact of motherhood on their working lives by handing off their infants to government-funded childcare, rather than admitting that parenting involves massive sacrifice and encouraging us to embrace such sacrifice as a duty within which we can find true fulfillment. Our leaders promise to find ways of enabling citizens to have more babies without any disruption to their careers or consumption ha consumption habits. <laughs> have they not had children? These like this that doesn't make it does not make any sense. Well, and I guess one part one argument of this could be so it's you like, want you want people just to be ba basically incubators and have babies and then not raise the children and then you get into the argument of well does it take a village what what is being instilled in the in the children as they're being raised up are they just being automatons are they learning anything about you know their family history. I don't know. Like you, and you someone the has to sacrifice the their own child to have to raise someone else's child, who then has to set. Like it's just this. Yeah. Just, like I, this doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Um. Let's see. Talks about China's one-child policy. Um. I'll just kind of skip over that for a minute. So. This, okay. okay. So he wraps okay, up here. So here, here's his, here, well, here, here's his last paragraph. So that's usually where they people, people try to wrap this up. So it says, okay. even as pundits uh, wring their hands and wonder why the causes are not far to seek, rather than treating childbearing as a natural and essential part of what it means to be human, a difficult but noble duty, we have demoted it to a lifestyle choice that depends on which sex acts you prefer, which drugs you take, and what makes you feel happiest? A, uh, as C.S. Lewis famously observed nearly eight decades ago, in quotations, in a sort of gastic simplicity, we remove the organ of demand and demand the function. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. We castrate and bid the geldings be fruitful, end quote. Why would anyone think that can work all so, right all right okay all right all right brad this 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 look we'd love to have you on here brad by the way if, if this gets passed on to you i mean hey the, I'm gonna, the I'm invitations gonna out there you, i'm gonna recap what you said a little just to pinpoint a couple things please do he says we have we have demoted it to a lifestyle choice meaning parenthood it should have always been a choice i mean it's, it, it's, it, well you're, you're choosing to change your life and have a child like your your life is but, is set, and then it is a choice. But it just goes to show that he he views, and a lot of people share this view that that the whole purpose of humanity is just to re to just to procreate and repopulate. That's it. So, no. okay, all right. Well, he wrote the article. Fine. I like this. All right. This, but but this here's the thing though. When when this to me is dangerous. This type of article is dangerous. Um, for many reasons. 
I'm just looking at, at, at well, it's, his, it's, it's I'm looking fear, at his credentials. It's, <laughs> um, it's fear it's mongering. It is it is fear mongering so. and and it belittles it it belittles choice. It belittles choice. This last paragraph is exactly what that does. He's saying they've they've de like society has demoted parenthood to a lifestyle choice. Well, it is like that's really what it is. Mind you, that might be my modern day thinking, but it's just. <sighs> but, but I guess you can read between the lines that what he's basically saying is it's not a choice. Like Exactly. It, that's exactly it, what he's saying. That's exactly what he's saying. It's not a choice. He, he's wording it in a way that it, it, it makes it makes should, he wants people to feel guilty. Yeah, because he's like now he's using things like words like natural and essential part and what it means to be human. Look, I having mean, a it, choice it, is what it means to be human as well. I mean, yes, right? it goes without saying that the human race would go extinct if people did not have kids. Like, duh, a, a child-free person, child person isn't going to argue that fact. That, right. That's a fact. But the odds of getting the entire world to just be like, you know what, we're yeah. all going to be child-free probably isn't going to happen. And like, if if the birth rate does continue to decline and the population shrinks, you know, we just hit what? Eight billion people, like a few months ago, in the world population. Before that, we were, you know, in the seven billion range. I mean, what what would be so bad if we went back to seven billion? If we lost a billion people across the board, like just it yeah. doesn't matter what country, social, economic doesn't matter. I mean, the world's not going to end. But they're making it sound that way. They're, they're like no, they want I mean, they want they don't want eight billion. They want nine billion. They want ten billion to take care of the older population instead of. Uh, adjusting the ways that people are made to live their lives. Well, that that's not get a choice. Exactly, exactly. It's it's not it's it, there. No one ever really wants to address. Like, have you stopped to think why things are falling? And sure, it sounds like they do a little bit, but not really. Like, people don't want to live that way. Not all. Sorry, not all people want to live that way. Not everyone wants to have kids, but. Like the, ne it's never taken into consideration. It's just like, oh, it's a lifestyle choice. They don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to have kids, but there's all there's usually there's more discussion to it, but they don't want to have that discussion because they fear. I think they fear that it's going to ignite more people thinking, which exactly that's what it's going to do. <laughs> yeah. It is going to make people think more. Well, and I mean, they, it, you know, hopefully if someone reads this article that, you know, is, is fence sitting or even a parent like hopefully they have the thought to kind of read between the lines and look at what this person's saying. Yeah. They're, they're, they're saying a lot of facts, but they're using that as ammunition for their point, which is basically, Hey, we have to stop like this, not mm -hmm. having kids and we need to have more kids and we need to put policies in place to give uh, daycare and, and take care of children being raised. Hey, look, I, as a child person, I agree with that. Kids should be taken care of. Duh. Like, it's, uh, you know, so, uh, but you know, to, Instead of making it on the back of labor to raise someone else's kids, why not make it more possible for the parents to raise the kids themselves? Yeah. To me, that's the bigger issue. Like it's it, it's out, almost out of reach for uh, many families all over the oh, world to do that. Exactly. And so to me, yes. that's that's your problem. So mm -hmm. there you go. Work, work on that instead of being like, hey, we'll find you a daycare center. All right. Next up. How, I wonder how many kids Brad has. <laughs> uh, it's probably in his bio. I don't know. Uh, so this is hey. uh, nextavenue.org. 
Happily Aging Without Children. This is Marsha Drett Davis. Some people may be familiar with her. Uh, We are. She's been uh, a speaker with us on the Child Free Convention um, Mm -hmm. and all over the place. So she is writing an article, I guess, on herself. Um, So at 80, she has no regrets and is grateful for the many connections she's made in her life. I wonder if she's met Brad. (laughs) <laughs> we should put I don't know. We, we should we should see what kind of conversation they have. Um, <laughs> so let's see. I'll just kind of uh, glaze over this a little bit. So in 1974, 32 years old, with my biological clock ticking in my head and a mother-in-law saying, go home and practice, in quotations, I questioned whether I wanted to birth or raise children. I started thinking maybe there is something wrong with me. Why would woman loving... Why would a woman loving her school kids, she was a teacher at the time, not want to have children of her own? Uh, Wasn't this my biological destiny? So uh, let's see. Okay, so let's scroll down for a little bit. So she found uh, a book, and then there there wasn't a lot available back in the 1970s on the Child for Lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's called The Baby Trap by Ellen Peck. And she read it in two days. And... um, handed it to her then husband who agreed he was perfectly fine without children. We didn't have to be trapped into what society thought was normal. This led me to be an advocate of the child-free, not childless lifestyle. He talks about pronatalism in the next. You want to take this one, Lenora? Okay. So she's explaining her introduction to the term pronatalism. Uh, so Ellen Peck, who wrote the book previously, went on to define pronatalism as encouraging or exalting the status of having children, making those who don't want children fear the consequences. So basically what we we talked about in the last article, which I side note, I was wondering why did that show up in the child free section? That article, because it was it, it, the the, uh, the last one we talked about. The childless future. And okay. The, all right. Yeah. All right the, okay. Yeah. So where did that come in? Okay. So anyway, back to this article, uh, Marsha goes on to say, I began to see examples of this in the media, meaning pronatalism, advertising, books, movies, songs, and TV as promoting having children as a rewarding lifestyle. And articles by Brad. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Implying the secure knowledge that they'd be caring for their beloved parents forever. Okay. Uh, Often the product being sold has nothing to do with parents or family or the family depicted with their children. And yet those ads sold two things, the product and having a family of loving children. We we see that a lot still. Um, Pop-up stuff. All right. Um, right. Let's see. So right here, she says, I finally can say at 80 without a doubt after living this child-free lifestyle, I'm not alone. I'm not lonely. I have no regrets. My life is filled with younger and older friendships, passions, goals, a good financial advisor, and no fears of being lonely or not cared for. That that knocks out like 10 bingos that we get yes. <laughs> right there. And also, too, I mean, I, I will say because, you know, to Marsha's credit as well, she is active in the, child, the online mm-hmm. child-free community, which I think is something, you know, as more of us age into that, you know, into the elder. I mean, we, we've got a ways to go, but as more of us age, there are going to be more opportunities to keep engaged in a community, whether offline or online, because quite honestly, there are more child-free people speaking out now. As mm-hmm. we age, that's going to grow. So I yeah. think it's actually a good thing because, you know, it's, it's not a ton of, I mean, there are a lot of 
um, elderly people that do not have kids. Um, but the level who speak out about it, who we know about, not a whole lot. But by uh -huh. the time we're that age, it's going to be very different. Different story. Yeah. Very yeah. different. Yeah. And so she uh, throws out a quote here from Laura Carroll from The Baby Matrix, another um, book about uh, well about society and pronatalism. Um, in quotes, going back many generations, pronatalism has affected us all. Whether we have children or not, we're all taught we're supposed to want children. And when people don't, we think something is wrong with us and we'll be missing out on experiencing, quote, true fulfillment in life, neither of which are true Carol says. And I think, is there more? Oh, there is more. All right. Um, let's see. There's this a little is bit an interesting section, yeah. Yeah, facing aging on our own is the heading. Um, can you who are parents say, in quotes, I don't have that disconnect with my children, in quote. I know a few parents who told me they call, visit, are here for me if I need them. A smile, I smile thinking of them it's fortunate having that heart connection lasting a lifetime i'm lost on everything i just said right there <laughs> so. okay so she's saying there are some parents that have said to her that they they do have a connection with their kids the kids are active in their life they visit they're here for me when they need them but well okay cool and ne and next, and that makes paragraph. me happy and bring yeah. actually yeah so however many parents find their children are now maybe they now live too far away due to careers or love connections some sadly have uh pre-deceased yeah. their parents oh pre-deceased their parents others have children of their own with uh, money challenges or health problems and can't help their parents too many are estranged from the parents or their parents are estranged from them mm -hmm. so yeah so you hear from the parents that they have a great relationship that's awesome some parents don't have that relationship yeah. but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you never know. You never know how, how your, your kids would turn out, I guess. Exactly. Um, so she asked uh, Anna Olson, who hosts We're Not Kidding uh, podcast, for her opinion. And Anna says, we start by taking ownership of our lives and our choices, uh, introspection and understanding our uh, introspection and understanding ourselves more deeply, our paramount a fundamental exercise I do with all of my clients is defining their values, which are central to finding meaning and purpose in life. I, uh, she also says, uh, I also encourage people to befriend their fears. What do they fear most about aging without children? How can they be proactive in mitigating those fears? And I mean, that's a, that's a really good advice. point because we're, yeah. we're taught, again, Band-Aid babies, have kids, you won't have to worry about it. You won't have to address that fear. Children procreating is to cover up an actual real issue. So then mm. suddenly when people are shocked to find out, oh, wait, I have to still create my own community because it's like I don't come from a culture where I live with my aging parent. I'm not, you know, my dad's going to take care of him. They're, they've got their plans in place to take care of themselves. Doesn't mm. mean I won't see them, but I am not here to be a caregiver. Right. But. It seems like that that conversation is not encouraged and how to develop, especially for females, I find, how to well, how to develop your own security net that doesn't involve children because Well you, you bring up a good point. In in some uh cultures and societies, it is a generational household. Mm -hmm. You've got you've got grandma, grandpa, great grandma, grandpa, and like the newest baby, like right. all in the same house. Right. So um 
But this goes yeah. this goes back to taking away a person's choice. Uh-huh. What do they do with their life, especially if they know they have to come back, regardless of what they want to do in life, they have to come back and take care of their aging family mm-hmm. member. Um, let's see. Anna continues. On the flip side, I encourage them to explore the aspects of parenthood that they find appealing. How might they build these elements into their life in other ways as they age? Aging without children is an invitation to think more broadly and intentionally about how we build our lives. Mm-hmm. For anyone who may feel loneliness in old age, this can include fostering intergenerational relationships. And kind of what you were just saying a little bit earlier, Lenore, like the future is going to be totally different. Like we're going to be living in augmented reality. Like I don't know, like if you're alone and lonely in the future, it's almost because of choice. Like I I think the connections are going to all be readily available, probably more connections than you want to deal with in the future. We're we're just diving into that now. I I think so because we all, I mean, look, and, and some, I I can already hear the internet trolls going, well, that's just like superficial, you know, texting, whatever. But if you think of how many notifications, like this morning, I was trying to sleep in and everybody was texting me at six 30. Mm-hmm. You included. We were talking about business stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, but I was like getting constant notifications. My, um, and that's just such a basic point. But the point is that we are a lot more plugged into other people. And that does not mean that it's a superficial connection. People just assume, oh, well, it's got to be blood related because there, there, there are some people that still believe that the only true people that care about you are your blood relatives, which mm-hmm. most of us know that's not the case. Yeah. They, well, they, they, they want to or they don't want to envision themselves sitting alone in a nursing home in a wheelchair facing the corner, you know, with no one there. Right. That, that's that's right. like the, that's what we're, that's Brad. I think that was his name. That's what he wants us to envision yep. is like, if you don't have kids, that's what you're yep. going to be doing. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Brad, again, invitations open to join <laughs> us anytime. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. So we'll kind of wrap this up a little bit. Marcia, thanks for writing this uh, article. Um, oh, this is how to stay connected. Okay. How to stay connected. Do you want to take this one? Sure. So she goes on to write, if you're feeling alone or lonely, you must decide if this is the way you want to remain. Good point. First, you must erase the perceptions that you are supposed of what you're supposed to have. Remember, this may not be easy. How many years have you relied on societal promises that aren't being attained? And then you can take stock of what makes you happy. So she goes on to um, mention a study at Birmingham. Brigham Sorry. Young. Brigham Young <laughs> University. A university. Why can I not read that word? That is... Oh, Brigham University. Brigham, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brigham, Brigham Young, Young University. Yeah. Wow, just, okay. Be, just call BYU. BYU. <laughs> BYU <laughs> concluded that a lack of good friends and connections can be as damaging to your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Okay. Oh, yeah, they did say BYU. Okay. So according to BYU psychology professor Julianne Lundstad, over the last past, oh my goodness, over the last past few decades now, growing evidence shows people who are more socially connected live longer and people who are more isolated or lonely are at increased risk for early mortality. Fair enough. Uh, and goes down to say social interactions are critical as we age. How can you make those happen? And again, it's taking onus on yourself. What Anna mm-hmm. had mentioned earlier, you know, yeah. you're, you're making, uh, you have to make your own choices to find your group. Not always easy, but I, I, I believe, and this is now me getting personal, is that, you know, as more child-free people are comfortable to connect with each other online, and that doesn't mean you have to find someone in your city, but as we talk about this more, 
there it's it just opens up more doors and the earlier you start the you know it's just the better chance of building a community because you're already thinking about that instead of thinking quiet thinking quietly to yourself which is a really good indication that we need to create more spaces where child free people can uh -huh. find one another even if they're halfway across the world from one another at least have this conversation earlier yeah. right and which well, which we all a lot of us are having already exactly that's what we're trying to do uh, especially with child free media is just putting it out there and making it hopefully more prevalent so people come across it as it is right now, you know, whether it's in Facebook groups or whatever, people stumble in and like, oh, I just found this group. I just learned what child free means. And so people yeah. every day are just now, even though they might be 45 years old, like they might just now be like, oh, you're yeah. my people. Like, mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> you, exactly. You exist. So it, 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 to to maybe put it like in their face, like, yeah, there's a community out here for people that have chosen to not have kids. And then it's like the light bulb goes off, ding, ding that's that individual instead mm -hmm. of them maybe having to look at their life and being like, you know, where are the people like me? What, who, what am I? Who am I? Right. And then doing the, all this deep introspection, like you just, you, you don't have kids. You don't want kids. Like that's a very easy basis level to mm -hmm. um, find some like-minded individuals. And, and not that we're all thinking and agree to the same things. We're a very diverse community, but to have that, at least that, that core, to each other exactly uh, it yeah. does it does give us a little bit of something so uh marcia thank you for this article let's move on to the next one this one popped up like three times so i figure i'd see what it was about this is <laughs> the state.com uh child-free neighborhoods tiktokers plea divides adults and then in quotes as a mom i agree <laughs> so, all right what all right got? let's see where this is going so um let's see uh a woman uh, proposal of a child-free neighborhood is one of the latest in the growing in growing child-free trends on TikTok. Hmm. Really, is that a growing trend to talk about child-free? I haven't checked in a week, but I I, I, I mean, believe it. I believe it. I mean, it, I, the idea always floats around, but I don't know if it's a growing trend. It's just there anyway. So, an Australian TikToker who goes by Baby Soja yeah. S O J A so Soja maybe yeah. um, shared a story of her experience swimming and being interrupted by children in the pool meant for adults, which she uh, admitted to being fed up with. So in her quotations, or I guess from her TikTok, I'm so sick of going places and kids are just everywhere screaming, and I just have to put up with it. I just feel like for people like me that are wait, I just feel. Like for people like me that are evil and hate kids, we should have our own suburb where we can just be <laughs> quiet and undisturbed. Okay. All so right. Okay. So Go she's kind of labeling gate. herself evil. Okay. All right. Um, um, so mother of four, and I strongly agree. Uh, maybe, maybe the mother doesn't want to live in the neighborhood with baby Soja. I don't know. But uh, let's see. She might agree with that <laughs> statement as point. well. Um, <laughs> I never thought of it that way, but yeah, you're right. Uh, her video awakened an age-old debate in her comment section where kids should and shouldn't be allowed and do adults have a say in it? Considering adults do make the rules, I would think that they do. Um, well, she referred course, to an adult-only pool. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, that's respectful. what I'm saying. Like the adults made, I mean, yeah, the adults made the, the rule there that it's adults yeah. only, yet there were kids in it um, at, for whatever reason, whatever time, whatever it is. Uh, so, mm. of course, some trolls came in, go live in Antarctica, um <laughs> another thing is quote i guess in here is uh kids may get annoying and uh we may need our own space but at the end of the day 
they are just kids. They can't help screaming because they're only young, another person said. Um, and this person says, I'm a mother of four, and I strongly agree with you. And as a mom, another person chimed in that they agree as well. So I didn't really expound on that, but they agreed. Okay. Team uh, parent advocates for child free. Hooray. Um, one commenter added the idea was not just for people who hate kids, but I imagine some adults with kids would like a break too. Um, it's got over nearly 6 million views on the platform. Uh, so they're, they're assuming that, that all people who hate kids are child free. But Yeah. And so okay. then it goes into like, there, there's a post for a dinkwad, D-I-N-K-W-A-D. Dinkwad is a term that stands for double income, no kids with a dog. Oh my goodness. Okay. There, there's another, there's a, there's a much shorter acronym for it, but uh, I'll, okay. I'll hold off on, I mean, I'll tell you if you want me to, but. Yeah, I, was, I don't know. Cause I don't have a dog. I don't have pets. Well, so it, it, well it, 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 it's, it's dildo. It's, uh. <laughs> It's a dual income, uh, l- uh, little dog owner or large dog owner. So <laughs> you oh, can be a, that you can explains be a, the t-shirt I saw once. I didn't get it. Okay. Yeah, okay. that might be it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So basically this person did a TikTok and got trolls, got parents on board. And, but another, of course, uh, this is from in the know.com. They picked up on the same thing as do, um, things that get trendy so this person let's see if they say anything wait, different wait a second why are they getting all up in arms about this because they have over 50 villas everywhere like they have them in my city where people 50 and up the the senior communities yeah but, yeah but i think yeah, i think this person's but, talking about like like you just said I, I, I know. The, it, it's it's a community pool that's supposed to be adult only and there's kids in it but they have adult only resorts like i i don't yeah. see why not? Like I live in the suburbs. There's school. I live like close by. I hear the school kids. I live in you know family neighborhood. But and and neighborhoods like I guess suburbs are kind of designed that way. But but why not? Like it doesn't. There's a. If you're fit, not going to be it, like kicking people out. Build a new neighbor. I mean, this is way easier to said than done. I know that. But it's 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 kind of silly because I think everyone should have a space that kind of fits their vibe. And if kids are not your vibe, you should have more you should have options you know aside well, from living downtown you've got the fair housing act in america and anyone that's a political science major feel free to correct me because i'm not gonna go all in on this but basically you can't um you can't be biased for someone uh in their lifestyle long story short so if they have kids or don't have kids you can't not rent or let someone live somewhere because right. of that reason okay. but the 55 plus communities are an exception due okay. to the, I guess the the age I, again. It seems interesting that there's that well, gray area for 55 plus, um, but yeah, it, they might be fighting this now. Well, it's because they're like, oh, well, you're 50 plus. You've already had your kids. You deserve time. Maybe I mean, they the answer is just to go, just move to Japan. Like that's clearly the answer <laughs> well, here. We, we had someone left a comment <laughs> in our in our live chat about doing just that. They're going to move to Japan, but also too, I think this is. I, I think 15, 20 years from now this won't be an issue because there'll be more people who are in positions to create said communities for whatever reason. And, and, and it will have to be addressed at some point because, you know, if enough of the population start making, starts making a fuss about it and then, and, and communities realize there can be money made off of the child. Once, 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 once money's involved, then then you'll see policies start to change. So, 
Um, so, okay, well, that's from in the know. And then it also came up again in huffingtonpost.co.uk. So the UK okay. picked it up for Huffington Post. Basically the same article. Got a little image of someone swimming in a pool as a cartoon. Wow. Since that was the, the I, issue. I mean, it's so funny how they really just go after, like, they go after the sensationalized mm. versions of child-free people. You know? Like, there's... Look, child-free convention, which we moderate, <laughs> has really good in-depth conversations if we don't that's mind not, saying so ourselves <laughs> and it's not because we're saying that we're our speakers are amazing and have really in, you know in thoughtful i mean we do create the panel so we play a part in that but as a whole we child free convention goes through some really really um relevant topics that mm -hmm. uh, you know have weight behind them and a spark a good conversation mm -hmm. and that deserves attention to just put yeah. that out there anyway. yeah, well, and i mean we are currently uh open for speakers for the 2023 yeah. convention and one of the topics we would like to speak about is uh parent allies so um parents you kind of they kind of articles. they kind of get the uh the child-free lifestyle and mm -hmm. you know they support it they say hey oh, that's totally cool they, they love their again first sentence will probably be i love my kids but I get it. <laughs> so, I love my um, kids, but thank you for having me on this child yeah, convention yeah. panel. <laughs> All right. So let's keep going here. Um, this one is on Vox.com. With a lovely picture of a sword It says, yes, you can have kids and fight climate change at the same time. So that so just the heading alone got me oh, interested goodness. because it, I, I, I want to see how they're going to try to spin that you can have a bunch of kids and fight, fight climate change. But why did this come up on child free though? Um, what, it, it maybe what? it's in here somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Look, key, I, the first key, thing I saw was Nick, somewhere. Nick Cannon sized family. I'm already discrediting <laughs> this article. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just interested first to see what the heck it's going to talk. Like, okay. how's how's this going to go? Um, so again, I haven't read this. I just saw the headline. I was like, well, that sounds real interesting. Um, so the first sentence is, "Let's get this out of the way first. I am not here to tell you to have children." I'm not your mother or your mother-in-law, which that's sexist, by the way. I'm not the college yeah. classmate who posts endless photos of their progeny on Instagram. I'm not your priest, your pastor, your rabbi, your imam. Uh -huh. uh, I'm not going to tell you about all the joy you'll harvest as a parent or all the fun you'll pay in... Uh, recompense. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then it goes on to say, <laughs> have a Nick Cannon-sized family, don't have don't have any kids at all whatever it's your life well that well, that goes against what the heading of the whole article is okay. what, what, are you, what are you trying to tell us here click um, bait yeah exactly right. so that said the ocean that is wait the ocean that is population is made up of the droplets of countless individuals decisions and in the this who wrote this is this a bot did a bot write this is this <laughs> one of those chat gp things i keep hearing about people i don't keep know sending me this stuff. um let me just scroll this and see what the if this gets anywhere oh so that the child was left oh jd vance oh my goodness okay so this this is this part this whoever wrote this is pulling out a whole bunch of names to get this is this is totally clickbait okay so it's a yeah um you can scroll down i am curious to see who wrote this who claims they wrote it Oh, it's at the top. Uh, oh. Let's see. This is oh Brian Walsh. Brian Walsh. Hi, Brian Walsh. Okay. Brian Walsh with a Y. Brian. All right. Anyway, um, that food looks good. I'm hungry. I need to go eat <laughs> something after this is done. Nachos. I, I just want to see what it's. 
I'm, I'm just trying to scan this to see what the heck, how, how you can have a lot of kids and help the. Okay, off, here's, here's, I see one sentence that we can go Okay, on. go for it. Declining population growth really does pose ex existential challenges to America. And without more kids, the country really does face a future that is less innovative, less, less wealthy, and less vibrant. Well, have you met child? Which may be, which may be true, would... may not be true. Like it, it, but... you, you also be less stabby and less murdery too. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again, there, to me, it's like the la the lack of acknowledgement of choice and nobody considers what a child-free population can actually contribute, you know? And, and I mean, this is really our challenge is to showcase this. And I don't mm -hmm. mean two of us, but just the, the child for community and the conversation in general. But this is, oh, man. Okay. So anyway, another sentence here. The, <laughs> the reality is th this could be the same thing as the Japanese article, I think, the, mm -hmm. the, that America has room for more children. It needs them to thrive. And most of all, people do want the freedom to choose the family size they desire. Including none. Including 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 larger ones. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, it's a future that progressives can and should help create. I mean, again, as a child-free person, uh, just at, at a base level, I don't care how many kids you have. That that's on you. Let's go for it. Um, unless I, immortality is made possible, I'm not going to have to deal with the consequences of all these extra kids you know, hundred years from now. Um, yeah, but, neither are they. But but this is the yeah, thing, exactly. I mean, right? So. Okay, so here we go. The headline, we actually can have more kids. Please tell us how. Um, so the, I want to see where this guy is going with this. For most of the history of the debate over population, the question wasn't whether we were having too few kids, but too many. The progressives generally fell on the latter side. Environmentalists were some of the loudest voices for population control during the globally fertile 1960s, urging people to limit family sizes and sometimes even uh, supporting more coercive restrictions while the predicted quotation population bomb quotation ending leading to wide-scale starvations and uh, catastrophe never detonated fertility rates fell globally rapidly from peaks in the 1960s i mean again it, they might have fallen due to people becoming more educated again not because of being in fear of the population bomb it could have been giving option of choices hello 1960s you had the uh, birth control came yeah, on, on the scene a little bit more in, in America at least. So when you get scale, more choice, go, go ahead. Wide scale starvation. He's he's he, he's um saying that wide, wide wide scale starvation does not exist according to this person. Mm, yeah. That. Oh, mm. Yeah. Oh, well, he, he. Yeah. Me sitting right. here clasping my hands, trying not to punch something right now. Brian. <laughs> Open invitation to join us anytime you want. The show makes me want to feel violent. <laughs> and I'm media. not a violent person. Well, no, I, well, I, I just want to have a conversation <laughs> with someone who who comes from this standpoint because I I can read what they're thinking and saying, but it's like, but do you, but do you see the other side? Like, do you truly understand right. and listen to the other right. side? Where, okay, um, but again, he's still not saying how you can have a lot of kids and help. Uh, let me. I think I know where he's going to go with this. He's probably going to end up saying something like, "If we have a bunch of people, they'll be really smart and they'll figure it out in the future." Which that's probably where this is going. I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, 
Okay, here we go. Just as technological innovation in agriculture helped ensure the population bomb was a dud after 1960, innovations in energy could do the same for climate change and population. Maybe. (laughs) So, So, but he's basing the lack of desire to have kids on climate change and population. This is what it sounds like to me. He's not taking into consideration that people just don't want to have kids. uh, Well, I... but he's using. You could be saying that he might be taking the argument of if you have a hundred kids, like ten of them could be geniuses. Well, if you have one kid and that one kid happens to be a genius, like do you need to have the other ninety nine? Like, Canada are trying to do. I don't know. <laughs> uh, they're go for broke. Um, okay. Uh, wait, wait. Okay. We actually do need more kids. Yeah. Okay. You've made that evidently clear. Oh, he's a father. I'm, okay. I'm just scrolling here. Wow. This uh, is we yeah, actually do. We actually do want more kids, so he's speaking for everyone, I guess. Um, let's see. The cognitive cognitive distance that progressives face around pro-natalist policy boils down to three words, Roe v. Wade. V is not a word, by the way, but okay. Um, <laughs> for decades, liberals have fought for Americans to have the right to re- reproductive autonomy for being able to choose when and if they want to have a child. Sure, okay. So... I don't know this. He's got it. How does he I, wrap this? Does he wrap this? Um, Childcare. Okay. I mean, he's really he's really trying to convince us to have children. I mean, throwing out numbers like the the cost of child care in the U.S. now exceeds ten thousand a year. I don't know who you're convincing with that statement, but all right. Uh, I guess I could read the whole thing if it came down to that. Um, and again, anyone in the comments, if you actually read this whole thing and we're missing anything, feel free to I chime mean, in. I think it's an interesting way of of highlighting certain words. All right. Editor blocks so his future perfect section, which covers. Po- Sorry, I, I want to read his byline. No, that's fine. That's fine. Which covers the policies, people, and inf- and forces that could make the future a better place for everyone. Okay. All right. So the last paragraph here is progressive policies that benefit today's children are also what must be in place to ensure that we have tomorrow's children, children we need that the world can support, and that we want. Uh, so the, the key word oh, there that, that you want them and that yeah. you can support them. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. Hey, we would agree with that too. Um, the progressive agenda should be about empowering people to live the lives they desire. We, we as we long do. as that, as, well, as, I mean, we, yes, <laughs> but as long as that means people are having kids is what that actually is trying to say. I mean, go ha- again, go have kids. I don't, I well, don't actually, care. He does say that he does say um, that to pursue their own path of happiness and children can and should, and should be a part of that. Again, go, go do it. it. He's shitting all over us. Okay. So con- conservatives are right that a baby bust without end threatens America's future, but progressives don't have to sign off on their political opponents, monochromatic vision of that future to understand that population matters to all of us. Again, I don't think he he solved the the climate change issue by having a bunch of kids. Other than being like, well, some of them might be smart and figure yeah. energy problems out. So I wonder how many kids Brian's parents had and how they're all doing. I don't know. Um. All right. Uh, okay, cool. Just uh, just a few more real quick. We'll just wrap up because we're hitting our our time frame here. So uh, this is on popsugar.co.uk. So out in the UK. Uh, why are more couples choosing the Dink lifestyle? Dual income, no kid. Because they Dink didn't read Brian's article or Brian's article. I mean, they might be choosing the dildo lifestyle. I mean, who knows what's going on here? <laughs> uh, that, well, the first picture has a couple with a dog. So definitely there are okay. a couple dildos here. Um, sorry, everybody. If you're, if you're, 
watch if you're hearing this in the podcast, you can watch the video. Um, in the UK, a growing number of couples live a dink lifestyle instead of the historically traditional family structure that includes having children, at least according to data. Uh, the dink lifestyle, aka a dual income, no kids, is generally used to describe a family where neither adult in the partnership has children and both are working, paying jobs. Now, I have seen the term dink, dual income, no kids, being used by people who just happen to not have kids now that are essentially yeah. childless. They plan yeah. on having kids in the future and they're like, oh, yeah, we're dinks. And then the child free people are like, but you're kind of not because you're going to have kids and then you won't be a dink. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a, some fight over the actual terminology of who gets to say the, the acronym, yeah. but, but whatever, that's an argument for another day. Um, according to the latest data from the Office of National Studies, this is in the UK, by the way, over 50% of women remain childless at the age of 30 compared to 37% in 1960. So again, they're using the term childless, not child-free. That, that could be just delaying having kids, not they're choosing to never have kids so this is why terms do matter this is mm-hmm. why why it really does matter that there is some ownership and understanding of what child free means so we can get good data i love data i say it all the time but it's always muddled with childless and child free so yeah um they, they can you can make a statistic sound however you want so if you want to choose the larger block and say childless and include child free people in it that's going to make it a much bigger block Right. But that's what they want to go with. Anyway, um, let's see. I like the next set of stats, the, the 18 to 24-year-olds. Um, one, one in eight non-parents. Interesting choice of word. Non-parents, okay. Between the ages of 18 and 24 say it's unlikely they will have children, with over a third between 18 and, and 55 saying they don't have children in their future plans. They're, they're mushing together a lot of stats there. 18 Not, to 24, uh, yeah, and 18 right. to 25, like, okay. Okay. Um, okay, so let's go. So all why right. are couples choosing a dink lifestyle? Um, all right, so Dr. J chimes in on this one. Uh, let's see if he's got a quote for us here. So um, Dr. J says, there are those who choose to not have kids, usually called child-free. Thanks, Dr. J. Yep, While thanks for-, for others, it may not have been by choice, often called childless. So he does do a little bit of a breakdown there. Um, so he talks about, see, let me see, uh, what are the benefits of living a dink lifestyle? Uh, let's see, let me find a good quote here. I'm just scanning for quotation marks. Feel free to jump in if you see one. Well, he, he does say three three items. They're not in a quote, but he does list three. If you go up a bit. Oh, okay. Um, three reasons. They never wanted, well, three reasons. They never wanted children. They're focused on, that word spelt wrong, financial wellness, and they desire freedom. All good reasons. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, are there any cons to living a Ooh. dink lifestyle? This is this will be fun. All right, let's see. Uh, some may say that living a dink life means uh, never being able to, quote unquote, create a family. Um, while some define a family as having kids, child-free people are a family also. A child-free family may look different, but it is a family nonetheless. Yes. And I'm sure uh, plenty of people will fight you on that definition. We would agree with it, but... Um, so I think that's, I, I guess what they're saying here, are there any cons? Oh, and that's like the, a, the whole a mild thing. challenge. He quote, or, or this is actually quoted by somebody else in the article, but they say uh, the, the only mild challenge we've experienced during social situations 
is during social situations when people ask when we plan to have kids and are very confused when we tell them we aren't having anything. Yeah, I mean, that's having anything, having any, sorry. I mean, that that is, that's sorry, a okay. This Challenge. is a child-free nation. This is what we're going to do because it sounds like it, this is a couple, dinks. So if yeah. you're with each other and you're having that social conversation at a whatever holiday gathering or social event, like the, reading what you just said. So um, the only mild challenge we've experienced during social situations is when people ask when we plan to have kids and are very confused when we tell them we aren't having any. What you add is a high five. You say, we aren't having any high five. Hey. And then- like that, I think would change the tone of things a little bit. They they'll they'll be like, "Hey, totally, all right." So, Chuffer Nation, high five each other when you tell people that you aren't having any kids. And if you're like so that, yourself, just high five yourself. Yeah, I mean, just be like, <laughs> "I got this." Um, mm -hmm. Ultimately, couples considering a dink lifestyle uh, should choose what's best for them. Um, let's see. That also goes for any couple. Yeah, I mean, why ever. not? Yeah, don't always always choose what's best for you. I mean, yes. yes. <laughs> well, I, I I take that back. Don't always. I, I hate using always and nevers. Don't. Uh, well, if it helps society. Right. I mean, come on, dude. But right. but not not if you have to like, you know, go against your ethos. I guess. Mm -hmm. um, That's a, that, that next episode. We'll dive into that. Yeah. So okay, let's jump to the next one. Uh, child free couples often overlooked in planning. Oh, this yeah. is about. We're Missing from that sentence you just yeah, read. Yeah. Um, again, hey, Dr. J, you can see his face here on video. Um, one in five adults in the U.S. identify as being child-free. They put a hyphen there. I don't know why. According to a recent Michigan State University study, that's probably why there's a hyphen, Michigan State. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about child-free, there's no hyphen. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so in our CFP training, which is Certified Financial Planner, uh, they this. They discussed advising people before having kids, and then they discussed the empty nest. But the concept of giving advice to someone who doesn't have kids or who isn't going to have kids doesn't exist. He said, you realize there are a lot of people who are not getting the right advice for them. It's not a one size fits all. And mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of the child people would agree with that. Um, if you have ever spoken to a financial planner um, you know, about your retirement or whatever, they do look at you a little like, you know, wide eyed and, and head cocked when you say, mm -hmm. oh, we're not having kids, because then it really throws off their planning stage of planning for college funds, like your, you know, uh, legacy, how much money you're going to leave kids behind. Blah, like they, they have to then start to think outside the box and they can't use all of their their fancy computer uh, right. algorithms to necessarily help you. So Dr. J's got a point here is that we're we're kind of in a little bit of a donut hole. When it comes to planning for finances, um, let's see. He says, I would say that 95% or more of his clients don't care about how much money they have when they die. So we have an interesting discussion about not only saving money, but spending it. We talk about how they can create a life that, that really reflects what they want. It also makes me wonder, just out of curiosity, people that do have kids, if they feel like they can actually spend their money once they retire. I should ask my dad this. It's a good but point. If they feel like they can, or, or they feel obligated to pass it on. Parents out there, chime in in the comments. Like, yeah, do you, that that's an interesting question. It's like, do you feel like you can ever enjoy the fruits of your labor? Like, exactly. you know, you know, yeah. uh, other than a midlife crisis convertible. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
I think I rented one of those for my 40th in Palm Springs. It was bright yellow. <laughs> Present company there included. Um, <laughs> Let's see. So he says they're investing in themselves and in their lives. They want to be more than what stocks can do. Okay. Um, Long-term care must be addressed. So again, that answers that big bingo question of who's going to take care of you when you're older. Uh, Child-free people, we plan for that. Like, you know, we can't say it loud enough. Like we we do, we have to, because it's in our face. Like we have to plan Mm -hmm. for what's going to happen to us, whether it is, um, going to a, a state or a country that's friendly to um, exit the earth, the, not by SpaceX or uh, however the, the, the billionaires are doing it, um, or just planning financially for long-term care needs. Like it, mm-hmm. we, it, we're all thinking of that. Like it's, it's yeah. you know, there. Um, that kind of wraps up this article. But um, so yeah, he just encourages all clients to figure out their long-term care plans. We, mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. So, so I mean, that's a conversation we'll, we'll have probably at every child-free convention and beyond because it's very relevant. And as again, those of us who are outspoken about it as we age, um, well, you know, I mean, we, we have this conversation now, but it'll become more. Again, I think it's because the aging population, just to wrap this whole thing up, the aging population who are child-free, we don't hear from that often. So nobody really knows. But our generation and younger, as we all age, it's going to be so loud. You will it, it, These these articles will change, and there will be more answers and they more will, examples. Yeah, they will change. Fine. And and as we've seen in some articles, they're, they're expecting us all to be miserable and lonely, and that person in the corner, like, crying in a wheelchair that we exactly. can't see exactly. people or whatever. I just think the future, I have a, a better outlook look on the future than that. I think it's going to be Thank awesome. Um, I think that the child-free community will will grow. The, the child-free community may even one day take care of itself. Like, who oh, knows? Totally. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's a group home where you've got intergenerational individuals living there that are all child-free. Like, we'll be, we'll be hosting like the virtual yeah, child-free convention at 90. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? augmented reality will just appear like in your living room um so anyway so with that being said we're going to wrap up this episode of twick thank you everyone in the audience for for joining us and and leaving some comments uh if you're again listening or watching this in the future feel free to add comments as you would like lenora how can people find us so you can uh well if you're listening or watching this you know we exist on youtube so we're on child for media youtube of course our lovely podcast on every streaming app uh just find us at child for media did i say child for media earlier uh, there's so many child free things floating through my head you can contact us at childfreemedia at gmail.com if you have any suggestions for the show if there's any articles that you found that you want us to comment on please send it to us uh please visit our website and sign up for the weekly newsletter which tells you all of the active and new child-free podcast episodes that are, are in our network and beyond. And uh, we have we have an exciting new feature to add to that too, actually. If you are a subscriber to the Child-Free Media newsletter, which is free to subscribe and to read, um, we are doing a, spe- uh, a subscriber spotlight. So if you'd like to introduce yourself to our lo- the lovely child-free community, you can send us an email as well um, after you subscribe, of course, and uh, we can get you set up there too. So we're Details also on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and Facebook at Child Free Media. Basically, just Google Child Free Media and you'll find us everywhere. We should be there. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and quick said. shout out to Rebecca for directing yes. behind the scenes. Thank you, Rebecca. And uh, yeah. Guess that's, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for everybody. joining us. See you next time. Bye. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.